Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where Bronze Nuts posting up a sad Kawhi, ADMing as he goes. Although it's been said many times, many trays, Merry Christmas to only Lakers fans. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Musical. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to sing the entire episode. Yeah, we are. <laughs> just kidding. We're not. My throat hurts. Um, but, Alan, Merry Christmas week to you. Merry Christmas week to you, too, sir. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. The Lakers are going to play the Clippers uh, in the next day or so, Alan. Boo to the Clippers. Boo to the Clippers. Grind over given. We over me. Streetlights versus spotlights. Oh, God. (laughs) Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, let's just beat them for those corny-ass lines. Um, How must win is this win against the Clippers in your eyes? And it can be even just from a fan perspective. Um... Okay, from a fan perspective, I will be pretty upset if we lose. Um, I don't want to go as far as say, like, devastated, but... I know, I'm thinking about it now, you're right. I'm trying to be, like, pretty, like, you know, diplomatic about this, but you're right, it's... I'm gonna be pissed, dude. If we freaking lose on Christmas Day, I am gonna be pissed. Um, For sure. Now, from a more measured point of view... I mean, it's a crappy answer, but it's like, well, it depends on how we lose, right? If we look really frantic out of sorts, like we can't freaking get our shit together, um, in some ways that's going to be more like alarming, you know? If we play our best, if we play well and they just happen to play a little bit better that day and that's how we lose, you know, like I'm fine with that. Um, I understand we got to hear all the bull crap about, oh, wow, well, they're 0-2 to the Clippers now. What's the excuse? Blah, 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 all this kind of stuff like that. But uh, look, 
there were plenty of times when those amazing Laker teams in the early 2000s and then the Kobe Powell Lakers, like, they lost big games too. You know, it's not like they were invincible. There are plenty of measuring stick moments or whatever you want to call it where they didn't pull through. Um, how many times have LeBron's teams with Miami, with Cleveland, um, lost big games, right? So even yeah. looked bad for like long stretches at a time and then come playoff time, totally different ball game, brand new season. So big picture, we lose that day. It's going to suck for whatever, a week, two weeks, something like that until we play the Clippers again at the end of January. But come April and May, like freaking whatever. Yep, that's true. No, I totally agree with you. We'll have our momentary momentary moment of like punching a wall and bitching and moaning, but we'll all take a step back breathe in breathe out and realize it's a long season if anything this will be the uh exciting chapter turn in this long journey that makes things intriguing you know it's part of the process and it would be boring if i mean it wouldn't be boring if we just kept winning every single game but at least this is a little wrinkle that i'm sure the lakers can overcome let's just freaking win anyways okay guys no moral victories or lessons learned i can't do this joel olstein motivational speaker stuff if we lose against the clippers okay but i still will okay because that's who i am as a human being and i like to look at the positive side of things glass half full but please just freaking beat the clippers just drink more eggnog drink more wine if they lose and if they win, you could do that too and celebrate. So it's yeah, exactly. a it's a win win, dude. Exactly, win win. Beat the Clippers. Merry Christmas. Beat the Clippers. All right. Hey. Hey. Are you ready for Christmas, Alan? I'm very ready for Christmas, Jonathan. Me too. Good. So to all of our listeners, Merry Christmas to you guys. Hope you guys are in the full holiday swing, taking time off work, spending time with family, eating good food. In this episode, we're not gonna talk about any specific game points by the Lakers um, but yeah tonight we're gonna just talk about the season thus far um, look ahead to the new year and uh, yeah just celebrate the season um, so Alan our icebreaker Christmas question for the night is if you could parallel any Lakers player this season to a Christmas tradition you know like elf on a shelf opening presents on midnight getting up early to open presents in the morning leaving cookies and milk for Santa Etc. Etc. If you could parallel any one of those traditions to a Lakers player, which tradition would you choose? What player would you choose? And uh, why? Why would you parallel those two things together? I can start if you want. Go for it. My Christmas tradition will be the White Elephant Gift Exchange. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, Alan, why don't you explain what a White Elephant Gift Exchange is? Sure. So uh, everybody buys a present and then... You like pick numbers and stuff like that. The presents are anonymous, so nothing's labeled. And when your number comes up, you pick a gift, you open it up, and you keep going around. But the catch is if you want to uh, steal someone else's gift, you can. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Are you talking about just like a regular nope, gift exchange? Because exactly okay. sometimes people just like pick names and like you just do a gift exchange that way. And sometimes people call that white F on. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you could like steal gifts. And then usually there's like a number limit on how many times you could steal something. Yeah, usually three. Uh, guess whatever house rules is, right? Yeah, exactly. And you could swap and, and creative things like that. But yeah, it's fun to steal other people's stuff if you like it. Yes. So with that context and exposition out of the way... I will be paralleling the White Elephant Gift Exchange tradition to Dwight Howard. I thought you were going to say Alex Caruso because he's white. Keep going. 
<laughs> no, um, Dwight Howard equals white elephant gift exchange because just like his uh, career path the last couple of years, he has had to move around from team to team. Mm, I like it. You can almost see each team trying to convince themselves that I'm going to steal <laughs> Dwight Howard and he'll be useful for me. And then, whoops, <laughs> just kidding. And he has had to, almost like hot potato, he's been a hot potato from team to team, from the Charlotte Hornets to the Atlanta Hawks to the Washington Wizards, now to the Lakers. And it's one of those scenarios where the gift is not going to work out for anybody. And it, it really takes the right person for that gift to work. And we're seeing it this season that we are the last team to end up with Dwight Howard. And luckily for us, it panned out. And it might not have panned out for the other people who tried to steal Dwight Howard, but we were the last team to nab him. And we needed exactly what he brought to the table. And he also just happened to meet us in the middle with regards to literally changing some of his old habits that he was not willing to shed for all of those other teams. But yeah, overall, just like the white elephant gift exchange where one gift passes through several people and ends up with just the right person at the end. That's Dwight Howard, and that's the Lakers. We are that person in the end with just the right gift. We've had to watch it bounce around, but finally, Dwight Howard is where he's supposed to be, a Los Angeles Laker. All right, Alan, what is your Christmas tradition, and who are you paralleling that tradition to? First of all, well done. Oh, that was you. fantastic. I really like that. Uh, so my tradition is stocking stuffers. Okay. okay so you see your stocking. It's probably not very big, so you're like, oh, what what could possibly go in there? It's probably just like something kind of small, something um, that maybe you don't necessarily need, but uh, it's kind of nice to have. But every now and then you get surprised, and it's something incredible, right? It, it mm-hmm. might actually be something that's better than what is under the tree. Um, so because of that surprise factor... Uh, I'm going to go with Alex Caruso. Mm. Uh, Alex Caruso has surprised, I think, a lot of Laker fans. And we've gotten to a point where, um, you know, we almost expect every single game there's going to be something incredible that happens. Uh, Just like in a stocking. I don't know. Maybe when you get older, at least this has been my experience, those like tiny gifts that come in the stockings are actually pretty significant. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's like, okay, whatever's in my stocking is going to be really good. Uh, So with Caruso, every single game, it's like he's going to do something really good, whether it's offensively or defensively. So um, that is my parallel. Nice. Quick fire for me. I will be paralleling Elf on a Shelf with with uh, Quinn Cook, just because you never know when he's going to show up. <laughs> you're, always looking at, you're always looking around to see whether Quinn Cook is still on the team and whether he can contribute something. Once in every like 10 games, we'll have a game where he like hits three threes and has 15 points, and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy can do something, but then he'll disappear again, and uh, you're always looking for him. Nice, nice. Ooh, I got one. Yeah. Rapid fire. Uh, ugly Christmas sweaters and Kyle Kuzma's old hairstyles. Self-explanatory. Nice. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Lastly, I think we can all agree that the tradition of getting up early to open presents on Christmas morning is just like getting up early and planning your day to watch Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? Making it an event, planning your entire day around it, clearing your schedule. That is getting up early to open presents on Christmas morning. And what presents Anthony Davis and LeBron James have been for us this season? 
Very nice. Every game is Christmas for us Lakers Every fans. game is Christmas, unless we lose to the Clippers, you bastards. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas traditions, what is your personal favorite Christmas tradition? It doesn't have to be, be a big thing, but just something that you and your family like routinely do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... It's just literally what our family does. You know, we go to my aunt and uncle's house in Cerritos. We've done that every year since I was born. And uh, my cousin Rory, shout out to Rory if you're listening. Uh, his birthday is on Christmas. And uh, so we end up celebrating that too. And uh, yeah, I mean, our, our Christmases are pretty chill. Honestly, like almost everyone in my family loves basketball. Almost everyone loves the Lakers. So whatever time that game is on, everyone is really, really focused on that. Uh, we eat a lot of Japanese food and, uh, nice. yeah, that, that's my favorite. Nice. I like drinking eggnog, but outside of that, I like going to our Christmas Eve candlelight services, whichever church we choose to go to, whether it's our, our family one or just a new church that we like to visit. Um, I've always liked to be around a large number of people like right before Christmas and, um, I mean, they're called candlelight services for a reason because they pass out candles. And by the end of it, you guys are all singing like, oh, holy night. And the candles are lit and everything. And it's just a very serene and peaceful sort of environment to be in. Allows you to reflect on the last year. Yeah, I think that's one tradition that I've always just enjoyed. Kind of preps me the right way for Christmas morning and just hanging out with family and whatnot. But Especially if you're going to like a home church or whatever, you get to see old faces and friends that you haven't seen in a while and get to catch up a little bit. But uh, I just like having that communal feeling on Christmas Eve. Um, and yeah, you usually go there at like 10 o'clock or whatever, or even midnight sometimes. But uh, but yeah, that's one Christmas tradition that I have always kind of cherished and uh, continue to do. All right. With that said, before we turn it to break, um, I want to remind you guys to once again, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes um, because the more you rate and review us, Alan, Christmas-themed. The more... The, uh, the more presents you'll get. <laughs> so creative. Whoa, cool. Where'd you pull that out of your butt? <laughs> the more presents you'll get and also we're just going to beat the Clippers. That's it. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more times we'll beat the Clippers. <laughs> exactly. And we want to beat them a lot more times this year. And also, thank you guys once again for helping us get over that 400 hump. Now our next goal and milestone is... Bow, 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 indeed. We're trying to get to 420 because it's lit literally at that point. And also, it's Alan's birthday. Um, Yay! All right. Speaking of ratings and reviews, tonight to do the reading of the night is going to be Alan Riley. I don't know if he'll do an impression or if he'll just oh, say God. it in his own voice. But uh, yeah, Alan, go ahead and surprise me. Let me give this one another go. <laughs> uh, oh, Anthony Davis. Okay. Let's hell go. no. <laughs> uh, great podcast <laughs> from Five Dog. Uh, love the corny jokes. Keep them up. <laughs> Very informative. Now, you guys think if we're number one in the West past January that we still make a move for a wing? Very nice. Thank you, Fife Dog. That's Fife with a PH and Dog with two Gs. Thank you, JaVale McGee. That was amazing. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, to address this question, do we think if we're number one in the West past January, we'll make a move for a wing? Well, I think we'll still be number one in the West, actually, past January. Oh, I guess past January the month. Um, I don't know. I still think we're going to use these next uh, few weeks or so to assess whether it's a wing that we need, another 3 and D guy, or if we need another scoring guard. You know, I think the last few games and the last few losses have sort of uh, exposed that weakness. So it'll be interesting to see how they address that. Maybe we get both. So yes, please rate and review us on iTunes. Also, if you're willing to donate and help us out financially in any small way, you can go to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast, and that would help us out a lot. Even just a dollar helps. Uh, Lastly, we are brought to you by lineups.com. All right, we'll take it to break, and when we return, we will talk about some gifts, metaphorical gifts that the Lakers have given us this season and what we've enjoyed most about those gifts. So we will catch you guys after the break. All right, Alan, welcome back. This um, segment is called What Gifts Are We Happy We Have Unwrapped from the Lakers This Season? Pretty straightforward. And these gifts don't have to be specific players or specific games, but kind of more overarching macro um, global look on stuff. Headliners and themes of of gifts. And I can go ahead and start to give you an idea of what I'm looking for. Um, This season, I have enjoyed unwrapping the gift of having a chip on your shoulder slash proving people wrong and slash past disappointment. Essentially, this can all be encapsulated into the redemption gift. And I feel like a lot of players on this team have carried this theme around, uh, whether it's Avery Bradley, whether it's, honestly, whether it's LeBron James, the washed king stuff and having a disappointing season last year, whether it's Anthony Davis, because he's coming from a pretty tumultuous situation over in New Orleans where the fans turned on him, where people weren't sure whether he could be a you know, leading man or a lead man, really questioning whether he was a franchise-type guy because he couldn't even get the New Orleans Pelicans over the hump. So he had a lot to prove coming into this Lakers season. Um, the most obvious one is, of course, Dwight Howard. Um, just having to shed all of those... Um, those misconceptions about him. And they weren't misconceptions. I mean, he was legitimately a locker room cancer and he did not know how to play play to a role. Um, he still wanted to be the alpha uh, and had this misguided notion of continuing to be so. So he had a lot to prove as well. And this even goes further up past the court and onto the coaches. Frank Vogel, he was unemployed for the last year you know his last stint with Orlando Magic was a a huge disappointment they didn't even make the playoffs he had to totally readjust how he looked at the game his offensive philosophies etc etc Jason Kidd you know much maligned from his days with the Bucks and also just because of his uh, controversial history he had a lot to prove and, and also, he had a lot to prove with regards to people thinking that he would backstab Frank Vogel, you know, at some point this season. And in fact, it's been exactly the opposite. And outside the coaches, you go up to Rob Palenka. He had a huge chip on his shoulder coming into this season because of how last season ended and what a tire fire it was with Magic Johnson stepping down and Magic Johnson essentially throwing Rob Palenka under the bus and just the cascading effect of all the negative things that came out about the front office like 
Rob Palenka had to combat all that. Then he had to combat how much we, quote-unquote, had to overpay for Anthony Davis. He had to combat the notion that he couldn't build a team around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And even when we failed to get Kawhi Leonard, how is Rob Palenka going to respond? You know, why do you bring back Rondo? Why do you bring back KCP, et cetera, et cetera? So all of these guys, as a collective had a chip on their shoulder, have a chip on their shoulder. They all want to prove people wrong. Avery Bradley, like much maligned from his stint with the Clippers, him just wanting to show that he still is a gritty defensive player and he can still channel that from his heyday. So you you see all these guys in the past disappointment, their past recent disappointment, and it's just been such a blessing to see them respond in this way and really have all of these sort of bounce back years, you know? And I think it's all happening on an individual level, but when you put them all together, you just get this collective swell of what this Lakers season has been, you know, where there's a lot of internal motivation. We all have the same goal, but we're all going about it in different ways, but with the same amount of, like, passion and fervor. And and, And you're seeing it from all these different guys, but they're doing it within their designated roles. And I think it's been really, really fun to watch in that respect. Would you concur? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, so that is my first gift that I've enjoyed unpacking this season. The redemption gift, essentially. Having a chip on your shoulder, proving people wrong, past disappointment. What about you, Alan? Yeah, uh, mine is going to be the uh, team chemistry and just uh, how this team has really gelled together. How, at least from a camaraderie standpoint of view... Uh, it, it feels like this team has been together for, for quite some time. And, you know, you might wonder, well, how can you tell that is the case? Uh, is it all the silly personalized handshakes that they have? I mean, honestly, that's one of them, you know. Um, it takes time for these guys to create these things. I was actually listening to uh, Danny Green on his podcast with Alex Caruso, and they have their own handshake where they basically – like stab a needle into their side um, because of their drug testing that they got done oh on them after their posterized dunks. That's amazing. <laughs> and like, you know, whoever would have thought that like Danny Green, this vet who's been in the league for well over a decade now, and then Alex Caruso, who really, for all intents and purposes, he would say himself, shouldn't be in the NBA, you know? And like these guys are connecting in that type of silly way with each other. They're like more than 10 years apart in age. And you just see it all over the place. You see Dwight with his like all of his shenanigans with the guys. Like he does the eyebrow thing with AD. He does the shoulder shrug and all that stuff with LeBron before every single game. Um, It just seems like these guys genuinely like each other. And I mean, what do you attribute that to? You know, uh, of course, winning helps, and winning could very well be like 75% of the reason why these guys get along so well. But you look at other championship teams, you know, and like they don't all necessarily uh, have to like each other like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so many players have said outside of the game, off the court, we're constantly going out to eat with each other. Uh, again, backstage Lakers on the Laker channel, they always show these guys like going out to restaurants, things like that. Um, didn't someone get a crisp? Like some crazy Christmas gifts for everybody. I can't Dwight, remember what he it was. He gave everyone yeah, AirPods. Air- yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, Dwight and his $1 million contract, you know, um, <laughs> he's like the guy, right? Like gifting something for everybody. So, uh, I-, I think everyone just 
is united, right? Like they all know what the goal is here. Uh, there's no personal agendas. And when you put yourself aside, your ego, and you're really just looking out for each other, then it clears up a lot of the potential drama and, and tension and, you know, things like that. Yeah. So these guys just play for each other. And um, it, it's it's been very pure, you know, and uh, it's legitimate, it's authentic, it's genuine. And um, yeah, man, it's it's been a great gift to unwrap and one that I don't think a lot of us were expecting or even it wasn't like really on our radar either like oh i wonder how this team is gonna like are they gonna like each other like it's not really what we were thinking Mm -hmm. about and then here we are yeah everybody has been super selfless they have adopted that sacrificial mindset where they're they don't really care who gets the shine and they are cheering for one another as if they're the ones making the plays on the court as well and that's always like super refreshing to see and yeah, it's been it's been so incredible that you know we've had that conversation of like, do we even want to shake anything up? It may seem inconsequential if we're just getting rid of Troy Daniels or whatever, but is that going to shift the locker room chemistry? You know, people might just brush that off, and yeah, at the end of the day, it might not make a difference. You know, they'll they'll like the new guy as well because of how strong the leadership is with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I'm sure, but it's just we are a brotherhood. They seem like a real brotherhood and you just don't want to, you just don't want to mess anything that delicate up. So yeah, it's been really fun to live vicariously through how much fun these guys are having on the bench, their celebrations, the handshakes, and literally just how lit they continue to get. And even, even just DeMarcus Cousins, I could just watch DeMarcus Cousins reactions the entire season and just find joy in that. Oh, that's another thing. Like, even bringing DeMarcus Cousins on these trips, you know? Technically, he could just stay at home and be rehabbing, but he's on the road trips. Like, they brought Costas on the road trip to the Milwaukee game so he could, you know, meet up with his brothers. Like, that's really cool stuff. For sure. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker taking the kid under his wing. I I think it's just been, like, a collective effort. Everybody's being super intentional to be ultra-inclusive and make everybody feel like they truly are such a meaningful part of the team. And that's a great starting point for the culture we want to build moving forward uh so yeah great gift to unwrap uh the next gift that i am happy that we've unwrapped this season thus far is uh the gift of relative health slash a better staff and uh, slash judy sato now some of you may say well what cal kuzma's been injured like almost the entire season he's been banged up rajon rondo's been injured here and there avery bradley right what do you mean relative health well i i think just in terms of how we have Uh, approach these certain situations in the previous years. I feel like it's a vast improvement from that. And I mean relative health in the sense that LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the two most important players on this team, have essentially remained healthy throughout the first half of the season, right? And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, no one's gone down yet, crossing fingers. None of our most important players, like Dwight Howard, LeBron James, and um, Anthony Davis. Cal Kuzma is a huge important player, but This team has proven to be resilient enough and good enough to withstand his early season bumps. And even with regards to the team being proactive, right? They were proactive about Kyle Kuzma's stress reaction. I feel like they tried to allow him to play on that ankle and realized, hold on, let's give him some more rest. I I feel like they've taken a more preventative approach on everything. And and I think I've appreciated that as well. They're they're taking their time with stuff. They're, They're not forcing the issue. And overall, it just seems like we have a better plan moving forward. I don't know if that's just something that I'm reading into things with or 
um, imbuing, but it just seems like we're we're under better hands with Judy Sato. And I know Anthony Davis has gotten nicks and bruises here and there, but I'm glad that we're even giving him some load management games that he took off, like the Indiana Pacers game, while at the same time still continuing to assess these things on a very one-on-one level with the player as well and trusting them when they say, I can play out there. He played against the Bucks and he got 36 points, you know, just having that level of communication and knowing when to pull back, when to allow them to go. And so far, I think it's worked out. And as long as LeBron James and Anthony Davis continue to stay healthy and we don't absolutely run them into the ground and Frank Vogel knows how to knows how to juggle their minutes, I think overall I'm more confident in this medical staff and this group around the team to know when to yeah put their foot on the gas pedal when to take it off and uh yeah when to be a little more conservative with how to use our guys i don't, I don't know if you've gotten the same sense or if there are any other examples but uh have you felt more comfortable with judy sato back in the fold here yeah i think so and i think it was pretty apparent with like you said how proactive we've been one big one was rondo i mean mm-hmm. he's talked about how he looked at several players and their Achilles injuries and mm-hmm. how he wants to do everything in his power to avoid t- rupturing his freaking Achilles. And anytime he feels it pinching or any kind of you know tightness or tension or whatever it is, you know that's been a reason why he sat. So the fact that he has um, just outright mentioned it like that, um, I think that's a testament to a very forward thinking staff in that yeah. type of way. Um, and then I'll just add a really quick uh, gift. Just no drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's been like no drama this season. Of course, like, Oh, well we're winning. Of course there's no drama. Here's everything. That's true. But everything like we've mentioned before just was so tumultuous, right? So many distractions, so much garbage going on, a lot of talk, um, just the attention being on everything but the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And that is stuff that we've had to deal with for so many years now. Um, and, you, you know, it's like, even if we had been winning in the past, like LeVar Ball still would have been there, you know, talking. Um, there still could have been a cell phone stupid thing with D'Angelo going on, right? Like just immaturity and, you know, whatever it is. Um, there's literally been none of that this season. And it's just so refreshing to have all of the attention on the basketball court. We're not discussing any of that garbage. Um, even if we were a middle of the pack team right now, like we would just be talking about basketball. So thank goodness for that. Yeah, I call that the gift of silence and putting your head down and going to work. And I think Palinka sort of established that in the offseason, right? When he had every opportunity to sort of fire back at Magic, what did he do? He pretty much just snuffed it out and was like, I have this team to focus on and I'm going to prove it with my work versus just talking about it. I mean, essentially what LeBron's been saying, we're not here to talk about it. We're here to be about it. And Palinka kind of showed that early on in the offseason and the rest of the team from the coaches to the players have sort of followed suit kid and frank vogel i mean it seems like all of the drama has been manufactured by us by twitter by the media and none of those things have come to fruition and it's just been nice to see guys kind of tune that out and we we sort of forget that these guys don't live in the twitter chamber that we do they're like we could care less about whatever the hell you're saying especially guys like frank vogel who on the plane he's looking at film you know and studying film on the daily and jason kidd trying to make sure that his relationship with frank vogel is tight and trying to make sure that it works out so 
Yeah, it's been, like you said, very refreshing to not have any of this extracurricular drama. And even though we've we've had a bit of a rough patch um, to end this year, you know that with the personalities on this team, that they're a group that knows how to communicate. Rob Palenka has set up this culture where it's very, what's the word? Collaborative. Okay, nice. Rob Palenka's yeah. established this culture where it's very collaborative, and you can see that from how the coaching staff treats his players as well, that everybody has their input and they're going to be working overtime to try and fix mistakes and trying to adjust and combat any weaknesses they see. So, yeah, overall, they're just a, a group of guys who, you know, it's so funny because the Clippers always try and pump this up about themselves, right? Like they go to work, they put their head down, they're all about basketball. The Lakers are all about basketball. Yeah, there's some glitz and glam, and they like to do it with style, but we have a group of guys who have like been silent and are literally just doing their homework. Like Frank Vogel is that guy. Rob Palenka is that guy. None of our none of our dudes like have spirit fingers out there and like, hey, we're the Lakers, you know? So I think that's been the yeah, coolest part. Sure. Like we have adopted that quote unquote Clippers persona that they're trying so hard to push out there. That's us. That's the Lakers. We're grit and grind. Yeah, totally agree. Funny thing is, you know how the Clippers have that grind over given type stuff where it's always very black and white? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, the Lakers are both things. We're not mutually exclusive. We're grind and we're given. You know, it's like we're streetlight and spotlight. (laughs) We have both these things because we're the Lakers. We're privileged, but also we're not taking that for granted. So there it is. Um, The last gift that I've enjoyed unwrapping would be the gift of experience and having been there. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. And we've seen just the shift in player personnel, just having guys and having vets who are satisfied with their roles. They have played these roles for the last few years and played them on championship teams. There's no questioning where their career trajectory is going and whether they have to prove themselves and play outside of their bounds. It's like, nope. I'm going to fit this role to a T and play it to the best of my ability. And even a guy like KCP who struggled with that over the last few years, you see him sort of rounding into form and and keeping it simple, stupid, and just really excelling there, just being a a 3 and D guy who doesn't dribble the ball, doesn't take shots off the dribble too much, and uh, is a little better with his shot selection and cuts more, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been so refreshing to have guys like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, you know, guys who literally have, have been there. They've, they've faced a myriad of different situations. Like, nothing is new to them at this point. Adversity strikes, it's like, okay, we know how to adjust and we know how to handle this situation. And a bunch of different guys have handled different types of adversities, you know, and they can all share their collective experience. If we had Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, who knows, like, if they melt under the pressure again, you know. And right now we're seeing Lonzo Ball not do so well in New Orleans. Who knows how Josh Hart is doing? Like all of the Lakers' young core, they're all struggling in all of these different scenarios, and I'm sure what they're going through right now will help them in the long run. But now we have the guys who have been through those downtimes, have experienced the peak, and through their collective experiences, they can sort of bring that to the table. And it's it's been, this is what you're going to get. You know, a, a veteran group of guys who, for the most part, are going to be pretty even-keeled and not too high or not too low. So I'm guessing you've enjoyed watching a veteran team who still knows how to have fun, but can uh, maintain this this sense of, I don't know if security is the right word. Oh yeah, it just, it gives you confidence. I think is the biggest thing. Yeah, there's a lot of stability. 
cool do you have any other last gifts you want to throw out there or nah man just (laughs) honestly just being able to enjoy this team um like we've said before it's like waking up on christmas morning you plan your day around it and um it's just like a pure kind of thing too right like the last time we were looking forward to things it was kobe nash well barely (laughs) dwight (laughs) howard pow etc and it was like because that was such a rough season uh it came down to the wire and it was exciting at the end you know but it was like we're walking on eggshells here and it's do or die and all that kind of stuff um this is nothing like that (laughs) we're very relaxed at this point and like you said before like we're very confident right now so i mean shoot that was the last time we looked forward to things like this so uh just very very grateful and thankful absolutely agree with you all right everybody enjoy christmas day enjoy christmas with your family eat lots of good food play lots of good games have those awesome um, food coma times where you just turn on the TV, watch basketball, or watch Terrace House. I'm trying to leave. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do all that fun stuff. Thank you guys for spending some of your time with us, listening to us in your ear holes this Christmas season. <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Let's get to 420. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. And maybe Happy New Year, too. I think we'll have one episode before the New Year as well. Alan, Merry Christmas. Maligayang Pasko. That's how you say it in Tagalog. How do you say it in Japanese? Miyari Kurisumasu. Merry Kurisumasu. Miyari Kurisumasu. It's okay. You can say it. <laughs> okay, cool. Maligayang uh, Pasko. All right. Merry Christmas, Alan. Merry Christmas, you too, bro. All right. Laters, everybody. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.